Visit Wolfgang von Sprinkletoe's Pyrotechnics for all your fireworks and other assorted fire-based entertainment devices. Choose from the world-famous Sprinkletoe's Explosive Badger, or from a wide range of rockets, blinkers, flares, mortars, bangers, squibs, comets, candles, shells, sparklers, flashes, bombs, busters, and glow sticks. I heartily recommend that you frequent this establishment, as Mr. Von Sprinkletoes owes me money after a rather large wager involving a garble toad and one of Mrs. Cockle's left-handed knee breeches. I'd very much like him to pay me back, but his business is not doing well after he accidentally blew up Lord Mucklejoy's privy on New Year's Eve. That stuff gets everywhere. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Peace Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. For us, as ever, I am absolutely delighted to be here. Let's introduce our guest, shall we? Uh, our guest. Or would our guest like to introduce himself? Uh, I don't know, would you like yeah, I can introduce myself. I think we should introduce oh, our guest. okay. Through, well, you see... Right, you see no, it's, it's just this uh, bugbear that I've got. Mm. Whenever I mm. appear on a podcast... Do you have any other goblinoids? Well, people always ask me to introduce myself, and I'm like, so surely, surely you know who I am. <laughs> you, you invited me onto the podcast. It's like, it's like if you imagine, like, I am. <laughs> imagine the Graham Norton show, and like, I don't know, sort of so, Tom somebody, Cruise. Somebody rocks up, I was like... Or Helen well, Mirren sits down, <laughs> and then Graham Norton goes, oh, uh, I'm, uh, could you just uh, tell the audience who you are? Yeah. Who are you? What are you doing in my in my show? Hello, <laughs> oh, this is Justin Faulkner. Yes. Who, who is currently enjoying the uh, 11 minutes of fame, or possibly 30 days or so, with the exciting uh, Dark Matter Kickstarter. Which is doing incredibly well. And I cannot oh, wait yeah. to start talking about that. Just Hi, a bit. Justin. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's like 10 days to go, and um, we're seeing a hundred and basically 185,000 dot. Okay, it just ticked up. Basically $185,000 <laughs> in front of my eyes as we speak of a $25,000 goal. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Justin, hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I've been uh, constantly staring at those numbers, and oftentimes it's just, I'm, I'm like, all right, here's how much we have to tick up. And I'm like, all right, this is how much we have now, and just correcting myself oh, constantly, um, which is yeah. wonderfully fantastic. Um, I've been so thankful for the community's response to this entire thing. Um, it, it's it's a uh, feels really good and satisfying to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Dark Matter is a science fiction RPG powered by the D and D fifth edition system. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, with with uh, influences of things like Star Wars and stuff like that. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, The Expanse yeah. and Doom. Mm. It's certainly an eclectic mix that you're bringing with this matchup of sci-fi and fantasy influences. Yeah. Nice. D&D in space. Yeah. Oh, sorry. In... I said that wrong. Do it. I do apologise. D&D in space. <laughs> that is the correct way to say it. Yes, I can only apologise for my earlier mispronunciation. I'm sorry, we, shall, not we, interrupted. Will, we will dive into that in a lot of detail very soon. Yeah, yes, we should, we should. But you oh. know what we should do first? 
Mm. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, I'll get my game spots. No. No, I see what you did there, yes. Let's do some D&D news. Do some D&D news. Can we do the other off you news first? <laughs> well, the D&D news is really big. All right, should we lead up to the D&D news then? All right. I suppose All you right. could. Let's, yeah. start, let's, let's start then oh. with Rogue Trooper. Oh, get in. Mm. Um, the Is this uh, the 2000 AD Rogue Trooper? Yes. Ah, exciting. So, um, wait, is there is there a book on the horizon? There is. So, the pre-order for Rogue Trooper yes. has gone live. <gasps> and you can pick up the PDF right now. Mm-hmm. And wait for the shiny hardcover to drop through your mailbox in a few months' time. I, I, I do like one of the things about Ian Publishing, which is, like, you understand geeks and impulse control, which is, <laughs> it's not really a thing. So it's like, yeah. do you want the thing? You have the thing. Oh, yeah. okay, yes, I have to think that. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's done. It's like it's completely yeah. done now. It's just being printed and, uh, and then shipped. So it's all, yeah. it's, all, it's all ready to go. So Rogue Trooper is finally here, because we, we had um, Strontium Dog a while back. Yes. And Rogue uh, Trooper is the next yeah, in the uh, 2000 AD line. Do, do you have a favourite 2000 AD character, Justin? Um, you know, I'm not super familiar with that. Is it was that um Judge Dredd? Comics. Yeah, he's yeah. American. He's American. He doesn't know what 2000 AD is. <laughs> but he said that. I don't understand. <laughs> Judge no, Dredd is sorry, yeah, Judge Dredd is the most famous character from 2000 AD. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Good, good, good films. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's a right. good film. And a that's good film. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> there's only been one Judge Dredd film it was released sometime in 2013 we will not speak of any of us Rocky never played, oh, always played Judge Dredd D- certainly not I always thought he I always thought he looked the part it did look the part yes the film the film was yes yeah, yeah. well it, it had it had its 80s comedy action charm mm. whereas Carl Urban I felt was by far superior at the whole thing but yeah that's mm. just Carl, Carl Urban for you yeah oh, sorry so anyway, yeah, Rogue Troopers coming out. Exciting stuff. Yes. Yeah, Available yeah. for order now. Yeah, so yeah, you can go pick up the PDF right now from um enpublishingrpg.com. Enpublishingrpg.com. Yes, well, pre-order the hardcover. Uh, but that's not all the news mm-hmm. we have. There's more Wait, news. There's more. There's more news more. than just Rogue Trooper. Like, yes. Oh, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, we're going to skip over the D&D news for now then. We'll we'll, yes. we'll, we'll uh we'll, we'll leave that till last. Even though that's probably what um, probably what everyone's listening for. I know. I'm everyone always everyone always listens for D and D news. <laughs> it's very sad. Except for the people who don't want to. But anyway, yeah. the Rogue Trooper uh, fans are now happy, and they switched off to podcasts. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's have a look. What other news we got? Yeah. Oh, here we go. So ninth oh. level games ninth have level announced games. Yes. a new RPG. Yes, and it's called Business Wizards. I'm listening. I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> so like Kobold's Ate My Baby, uh, Business Wizards, it uses the Polymorph system. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I haven't actually played it, but no. it's kind of rules light and sort of story gamey, I believe, yeah. quite narrative play. Uh, uh-huh. And in the game, you play a Bizard, which is a wizard <laughs> that's all about the business. Of course. A Bizard. Uh, so the, you can do things like summon coffee and attend staff meetings. Oh I, I do have a friend who is all about this and is, I, I'm just anticipating the, their absolute excitement at the concept of 
being able to be a wizard right now. Fair enough. Like, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> it, it, it's a name. It's Euphronius there is, I'll show you. Yes. Well, it's coming out in November. <laughs> and you can pre-order it right yeah. now from uh, Ninth Level Games' website. Yeah, well, I'm doing that right now. Down, Excuse yeah. me. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that will just be a quick interlude whilst the uh, various assembled <laughs> hosts and guests of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I say, like, oh, really? And we got it. <laughs> oh, that's my, a fine addition to my collection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. We do tend to end up selling things to our guests somehow, don't we? <laughs> well, it's just like the people who come on the podcast are super into RPGs, mm-hmm. right? So when we tell them about all the coolest RPGs, which are so amazing, like, oh, I didn't know this existed. Huh? Which is, I'm afraid, uh, why why uh, listening to our RPG podcast is a, a terribly expensive hobby. Uh, with a big shout out to listener Lee Donovan, who yeah. I think buys everything has got... we mention. <laughs> I, I don't think they bought. Everything we've mentioned. I, I think one or two <laughs> things have escaped. Let's, let's, let's try this. A pony. <laughs> right, let's see how that looks. <laughs> I'll, report back. I'll report back in two weeks. <laughs> All right, let's try, let's, let's try this one then. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, so talking of uh, cool-sounding RPGs, which uh, you might be tempted to quickly buy, yes. what does the word Fragnarok say to you? Um, I'm thinking like Vikings with grenades Im- immediately. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't speak. I was too excited. <laughs> so this is a role-playing game about Vikings who yes. find alien tech and they use it to die gloriously. All right. <laughs> and, and stay uh, wait. This is a Kickstarter. You wouldn't tease me with a Kickstarter. Is this actually a product that seems like? Um, uh, you can get it on itch.io, or oh, however, you, oh, however you pronounce that, for $5, and it's a 17-page PDF. Oh, that's a good price for 17 pages, especially yeah. of the amount of guaranteed uh, heavy metal soundtrack fun of uh, Vikings exploding gloriously. Yeah, yeah. so the, so the uh, GM in this game is called Odin. One player plays oh. Odin, who's, yeah. the, uh, who's, who's the GM, and then the other players each control a Viking hero, Mm-hmm. And your goal is to die as glorious a death as possible so that your name might be sung in praise by your progeny. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, there, there we go. It's <laughs> posh. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it's, it's a niche market, but it's a very enthusiastic niche, so, yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm. I, uh, I, I want this I'm game. I'm already I'm... building the soundtrack in my head for, for this. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, yeah no, this is going to be good fun. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I I want that game. In fact, I will be buying that game. <laughs> There's no chance of me not buying that game. Please, please load up the intermission music again. So I saw this thing earlier this week. Uh, it's called BattleMap.io. Oh, that's dangerous. Yes. And it's like a virtual tabletop, and it's 3D, and it's kind of tile-based. Oh. oh. So you can build your uh, your virtual tabletops. Uh, you know, you can just whack down some stone floor and put a wall around it and put some stairs there and whack a tree over here. It's really rather cool. That does sound yeah. really amazing. I, uh, I, I loaded it up this morning and just tried oh. it for a few minutes just to, just to see how flexible it was. And Did you say battlemaps.io? Yeah, there's two Ps Battle there. Map with two Ps. Yeah, so battlemap oh. with two Ps.io. Yes, I was looking at battle maps with a P, 
So back on Matt with two T's? Two P's. Yes. P's. P's for Peter. Oh. Aye, aye, aye. Battle Maps. Okay, BattleMaps.io. No S. Uh, just Battle Map. Oh, okay. So, You're yeah, not getting I, this, I can type in <laughs> a website address best out of five. All the um, listeners are now screaming <laughs> <laughs> at, their, at their iPhones or whatever. <laughs> it's Battle Map! <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay. That is very polygontastic. It's, it's very um, very it's, smooth and very slick when I tried it. It works oh. in your browser. Oh. And then I think the idea is then you just share your screen with other people oh. like over, over Zoom or some, some other um, some other platform. Oh. But I, built, I quickly built a little room and then I put a tree in the middle of the room and I put some doors on the room and, oh. you know, it, it was smooth, slick, worked pretty well. Yeah. Okay, I might have a look at that later. That's uh, mm. that's interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's free. That is a hard person. price to beat. Which is yeah. I mean, you can you can support them on Patreon, uh-huh. and I think you do get bonus content like user created oh, maps or pre made maps or something like that. Oh, I'm gosh. not sure exactly, but yeah. you don't have to, and you can use it completely for free. Yes. Oh, uh, what, what, what were you going to say, Justin? You seemed intrigued. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, so I've been flipping through the website as we're talking, and I think I'm just mm. impressed that like the tokens are actually animated. There's there's a little GIF near the bottom of the page yes. that's showing that off. Mm. Um, it's just that's, pretty cool. The, the, the bear and the deer are having a chat. I mean, the bear's a bit blocky, but on the other hand, it's definitely standing up and yeah. having a chat. And I guess we've got like a knight and a dwarf and... Uh, uh, yeah, half or gnome or yeah. something. Not entirely sure yeah. there. Some some small small some small type hmm. uh, is there. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Anyway, yes. Hey, you you know what got announced this week? Um, what did get announced this week? Oh, the... I know what got announced this week. Go on. The 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 level the level up five e um, list of people who lead designers. Yes. Yes. And it is an amazing, amazing, amazing list. It it's not a full stellar. list. There's still a few people uh, to be added to it. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I think if you look at that list, mm-hmm. would you would you say that you look at that and you think that is a talented, qualified, and diverse list? Have you seen this list, Justin? I have uh, not seen this list. Oh well, um, well. Level at Five E is the Ian Publishing's um, attempt to maybe fill in some of the uh, blank spaces which exist upon the D and D Fifth Edition map. Oh, is that is that a fair way to say it? Maybe bring I, a little, I guess, yeah, guidance yeah. and so yeah. forth. Being it's basically quality of life improvements okay. for GMs who are maybe a little bit newer to the games, and um, in order to do this, we've got uh, some of the. Well, like best and brightest uh, are of the of the current uh, people out there. Mm. I mean, there's some chap called Musforosy. Oh yeah, uh, he's, 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 he's the worst. He's oh yeah, awful. can't stand that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, uh, but, flipping yeah. through. I found it and I'm flipping through it now. And uh, yeah. yeah, this is a pretty solid team you've got here. Mm, yeah, we were really lucky to get all those people. I yeah. mean, there's, there's, there's more people to be added. I mean, Peter's on the on the. You know, uh, for some reason, we've decided to employ Peter. I don't, I don't uh, know what. Uh, he's, he's our mascot. Uh, okay. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't really dispute it. Uh, mm. yeah, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, 
Uh, we've got Mike Myler, uh, who I suppose has to be in there. Gold price. Yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's, lot, there's lots of people. For, it's a US and UK team uh, majority, but yeah. That's, yeah, mainly, I, yeah. I don't even yeah. know where to start. Um, I mean, we could do people who've been on the podcast, so I guess uh, Rich Lescoufler of Alligator Alley Entertainment mm-hmm. and Esper Genesis, which I've been really digging into and creating characters, which has been quite a delight. I've been like going, oh, yes, I suppose you could do that. Mm-hmm. How interesting. Uh, which has been great. Owen Casey Stevens has been on. Uh, Mike Myler. Um, blah, 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 and I think that is everybody. As far as I can make out. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's been on the podcast, so far. Yeah. Yes. I'll have to get some of these these folks on the podcast at some point, though. Well, I mean, yeah, like having people who are really skilled game designers in their, in their own right. Mm. I mean, we've talked about Morgan Robbins' work, Mythic Efficacies of Theros and Icewind Dale, Ram the Frost Maiden, so that's mm-hmm. pretty good. It's... it's uh, it, it's yeah well I, it's, it's just a, it's just, I, quite well quite quite frankly i'm like are you sure you want me to be i'm not really in the same league that's all right peter you can make the coffee <laughs> i do make excellent coffee so obviously in a virtual office over two conferences that's going to be a key skill key skill i tell you that's i mean it. it's very important to get the distribution right so that it arrives at everyone's house at the right time but it can be done at the same time know. as well yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. I got that sort of thing covered. Logistics is uh, all by many times. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, also, and the reaction to that team has generally been really, really, really enthusiastic as well. Most people have said, wow, that is one hell of a team. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You get a couple of the outliers who looked at it and didn't see a big wall of white men and um, therefore didn't like it. Uh, but, you know, they were going to be there. You know, well, or quite frankly, of course, that just of course they were going to pop up. So there you go. Some of the stuff I've been seeing on the Discord has made me very excited. But mm. I cannot talk about it. <laughs> and we could talk about some cover art for uh, a Cubicle 7 Wrath and Glory supplement. Oh, yeah. Because cover art is always the perfect podcast material. I always <laughs> oh, well, cover absolutely. art is, is best enjoyed in an audio form. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always find. Uh, Justin, have you seen Wrath and Glory, the Warhammer 40,000? Um, I um, haven't. I've seen Wrath and Glory, but I haven't played it uh, yet. Uh, I have played Cubicle. Oh, no, I'd be so I've played Cubicle 7's uh, Warhammer Fantasy and had a mm. lot of good fun, though I was. There's a, there's a lot of scrapping around in the There mud. is a lot of scrapping around in the mud. There is also a lot of scrapping around on your character sheet for with all the crunch. But it's still good oh, fun. Um, but if you're yes. going to get into it, be prepared for um, yeah. levels of crunch I've never seen before. <laughs> really? Good times. Okay. Uh, um, I, I will say one of the things I dislike most about it is its use of the old um, English money system, mm-hmm. which is where all the... Sh- Pounds and shillings and but pence. That, that is a traditional thing with Warhammer. <laughs> that, 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 that is a, that is a, a traditional thing. To drop. <laughs> like it was hot, I would drop it. <laughs> Over the side. No. Base anyway, 10. So for a reason. So, so this art I was talking it's not actually cover art. I'm a, I'm, I'm a liar. It's interior uh, art. It's an art preview and it's from the uh, Wrath and Glory supplement uh, Forsaken System Player's Guide. And the art preview features three new characters. There's uh, the Confessor, Sister Dialogus, and the Caesarian Rust Stalker. With, <laughs> I love that Sister Dialogus, like, at first glance, if you're just scrolling through, it looks like she's a bard rocking a, 
like some sort of weird sci-fi guitar. Uh, if you if you stop, you yeah. realize it's, it's a floating. No, gosh, why can't I? Not pedestal. Um, like a box of some bolt. kind with a uh, lectern. Yeah, a floating lectern <laughs> with a yeah, uh, <laughs> and then holding like a staff at just the right angle and and stuff. But yeah, quick quick scroll and you yeah, see a guitar. Yeah, no. yeah, if you squint, if you squint and tilt your head. Yeah, I can see what you mean. That <laughs> it is quite oh. a sort of um, more of a fancy esque image there. I think than a sci fi image when you glance at it. It really it? is. Uh, but I mean, that's one of the cool things about Warhammer 40k is how mm. there's these weird idiosyncrasies between like these fantasy elements and these uh, sci-fi yeah. elements. Oh, well, it's leaning yeah. very heavily on sort of a very, uh, I, I, I would say probably like a Catholic sort of um, mm. uh, imagery, which it mixes with a certain amount of, um, I don't, I don't know what. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. I, I do quite like the artificial leg on... Who is that? That's the Sicarian Rustalker. Mm-hmm. Rustalker. A, a tier three Adeptus Mechanicus archetype. Mm. Oh, there we go. Mm. Um, so this this is uh, Forsaken Systems Player's Guide, and this contains 20 new playable archetypes, mm. uh, three new playable species, which are the Ogrins, the Rapins, mm. and the Crute. Ah, yes. Uh, plus a bunch of new rules like a downtime, uh, new downtime system, and new backgrounds for the Gilead system, and Ooh. more, more things, other things Ooh. than that, also. Yeah, yes, um, it's a, a bit, a, a bit, a big upgrade for players, I think. And hmm. Looks, it looks, looks interesting. I really should try and persuade Bully or Cajole someone into running this for me, hmm. but alas, it is not yet to be. Hmm. Okay. Right, I think it's I think it's now that time. It's time to jump into the D and D news. Oh, go on then, because it's uh, it's here. Uh, so there's two bits of D and D news that I, I wanted to cover. Yes. So the first bit was Kate Welch. Oh yes, yes. Uh, so she left Wizards of the Coast about a week yes. ago. Yes. Uh, announced it on Twitter, and then the next day talked about it in a live stream. Okay. Um, so she's um, the second person in the last few weeks to have suddenly mm-hmm. left Wizards of the Ghost. Although this yes. one seems to be on better terms than the last one, which was Orion yes. Black. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, but uh, some of the comments she's made are interesting, though. Mm. Um, she's, she's saying that uh, Wizards of the Coast is not the right fit for her anymore. Mm-hmm. She doesn't actually have any plans yet, so she hasn't left for mm. another job. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she says that her her job was basically to work on the uh, user experience for D&D. And she says she thinks the new user experience for Dungeons & Dragons is piss poor. And I've said that while employed and also after quitting. Right. That's quite strong words. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Quite strong words. Um, I don't actually know exactly what she means by that either. So the new... I assume new user experience, she means experience for new users. Yeah, not a new user experience. No, oh, it would be the user experience and the user experience that they have currently designed. Oh, um, I, I guess I mean, in some ways, like I, I, I don't, I don't know what Kate Welch is talking about, but in some ways, it's actually a lot easier to run Fifth than it is to run pretty much anything else at the moment. Mm. It because of the whole. Synergy with the Beyond Twenty app and D and D Beyond and Roll Twenty. 
And all the streaming, like, you can literally watch it being played um, by, yeah, a, by yeah, a thousand like, different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's easy to run and easy to play right now. So, I mean, it's actually it is actually an effort to do something that isn't. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. I wonder what is she's actually referring um, to then. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be I'd be interested. What do you think, Justin? Um, You're uh, obviously a keen fifth. Well, uh, I've I've had long held the opinion that fifth edition was easy for me to pick up because oh. I started playing in three point yes. five, then fourth ed, then fifth ed. Yes. So it's like you mm. know, there's just it, I more or less already knew it was there. Um, when yeah, I've yeah. tried to introduce new people to D and D, some people can yeah. pick it up fairly easily, but yeah. those are the people that voluntarily jump into reading a you know three hundred page book, mm. and that's that that can be a really big buy in for Absolutely. people. Um, a lot of times, it's a huge buy in for people. Yeah, that, well, I, I do. Mm-hmm. I, if we're talking about mm-hmm. like sort of self starting mm-hmm. from a without. If you just like you go into shop, you say, "Oh, D and D." I assume you start with the starter set, though, don't you? You don't start with the three hard guns. Um, if if <laughs> find the starter set, yeah, yeah. If you find the starter, and also the um, the starter kit is definitely a better place to jump in, but it's still there's still mm. definitely a learning curve to it, yes. and I think that there could be a better uh, way to you know help introduce people because every person that I've introduced to D&D that has never played a TTRPG before um, they didn't learn by you know like reading the rules generally it was by me as a formerly experienced person running them through a game and rather than them being able to learn it on their own that's actually pretty accurate Mm -hmm. Um, speaking from the guild perspective I've had people come in and say well basically can you teach me how to play this game? So it's so we're saying the new user experience is pretty much a mentoring experience at the moment. Yeah, yeah, which isn't yeah, ideal for people it, that don't have that person. It's almost like a guild experience right, where right. you have to be initiated into the guild by someone you start off with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I see that. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's plenty of like YouTube videos and stuff that other people <laughs> that aren't wizards have made, and there's other tools that yes. people other than wizards have made to make getting into D and D easier. Hmm. But um, mm. if 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 Kate Welch's job was make the new user experience better, I you know this is just me completely blind guessing here because I don't you know I don't know. But taking it, I would oh, of course, imagine yeah. some of the things that she's you oh. know critiquing Wizards on would be like, hey, oh. yeah, these videos exist, but you know people aren't necessarily going to know who to look up on YouTube. Why isn't Wizards yes. making you know? Uh, how to play D anD D? How to make a character? Why are we making videos? Yeah, because that would yeah. be a trusted source, and that would be a mm, source that, exactly. that you know people would know. Like, hey, this is something that I will benefit from. Because um, mm. you, you you can find a lot mm. of different people, and once you start being in the know, I mean, if you love critical role, mm. that's how you start finding out about it. Then stuff like uh, you, you you become very uh, keen on Matt Mercer's mm. style, which is an excellent style. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I mean, rightly popular, but on the other hand, there are definitely other styles that will suit other people a lot better. Mm-hmm. And people like Matt Colville and um, other people who give advice on D and D that aren't called Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> like Web DM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Web DM, like Mike Shea. Uh, like, uh, there's lots of different names out there. But who is going to give you advice? And it's like finding the right advice and also yeah, I, guess it's a, I guess it's kind of finding these people though a lot of these people are kind of twitter 
Yeah. Very, very Twitter focused. Mm. And he's your yeah. average new player who sees D&D in a bookstore, yeah. has heard the name before and yeah. is intrigued by the idea of it, picks it up and goes home with it. Going to think to look on Twitter for advice from um, Sly Flush. unlikely. Exactly. And it's like, you can look online, but... To be actually, to be fair, like there's a lot of people who aren't going to know this is the fifth edition of this game. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's all called Dungeons and Dragons, so is it the same as the first, the third, the second? You go and you like, or you find a book, and it's like it's great, and it's like got this, it's got this yellow cover. Everyone else has got a red cover. Mm. And, like, you're playing Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and that's got to be the good stuff, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to find be. that in a bookstore, though, are you? Well, you might find it at a used bookstore. Maybe I suppose, mm. but yeah. most people won't find it. Or you, or you play with, like, uh, your parents' old old kit that's uh, come out. Although, if they've done that, then they're probably mm-hmm. can tell you how to play. But, yeah, there's all sorts of ways you can get into this. Um, and it can be quite surprisingly hard. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, anyway, that's, that no, was our I, first I hadn't bit. really thought about that. So, uh, that's an excellent point you've made there, Justin. Well Thank, done. You. Thank you. So, that was, that was our first bit of D&D news. Yes. There's another bit there's of more. D&D news. There's, there? there's oh. another bit of D&D news. So, last oh. week... On sort of over Friday and Saturday, yeah. Wizard of the Coast started teasing something. Oh, brilliant. Yes, they started teasing an announcement mm-hmm. in, that, in that way that only they do. So mm-hmm. uh, what, what happened was, uh, on their Discord channel, they initially posted this uh, short audio clip. And I think this was like Friday mm-hmm. night, Saturday morning, our time. I can't remember when it was exactly. Yeah. But it featured some sort of female-sounding voices laughing. Mm-hmm. And the audio clip was entitled Feather and Tart. Oh, um, are Tasha's hideous laughter? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, it, has some, it had some metadata info attached, which said August oh. the 24th, 2020, okay. which was obviously Monday. Mm-hmm. And then on the same day, uh, what's his staff member on Reddit changed their avatar to that of Igwilf. Who? Igwilf was yes. an evil magic user. A villain created by Gary Gygax, uh, and when adventuring with the Company of Seven, she used an alias, and that alias was Tasha. Same person. Uh, and the lore is that um, Baba Yaga adopted her as a child, named her Natasha, and then oh. she became Natasha the Dark, and uh, oh. Baba Yaga also adopted uh, Alina the Fair. Oh. And Igwolf has two forms, one's old and one is young, and the young one is sort of the Tasha alias. And that's the Tasha of Tasha's hideous laughter fame. So that was the first clue. And so everyone was going, right, so Tasha, a book named after Tasha coming, is it? Because we've had one named after Volo. Yes. We've had one named after Xanathar. Yes. And we've had one named after Mordenkainen. Yes. So a book named after Tasha doesn't seem unreasonable. Yes. Then a page appeared on Amazon. And that page... Was well, entitled, it's supposed to appear at Amazon. There was no details on it, but it said, okay. it was entitled, Dungeons and Dragons November title, yes. announced August 24th. I mean, maybe they're just like leading into the fact that Amazon always leaks their stuff early <laughs> by accident. I was like, you know what? Just just forget it. We'll just give them it. We'll give them what we want leaked, and then they'll do that. And we'll make sure it's got a proper cover and everything. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. They'll do it. Well, the only the only information you could glean from that page was it was A, a hardcover. Yes. B, it was forty nine ninety five. 
Oof, okay, yeah. Dollars. That's how, that's what they all are. That's the RRB oh, one. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. it had a no- November 17th release date. That was the only yes. information you could glean from that page. And you could get the okay. ISBN as well. But I did all the usual, as soon as you get the ISBN, I do all the usual ISBN searches in all the Ooh. usual places to see if anyone's linked it anywhere. And no one had this time. <laughs> Someone usually Aww. has, but this time no one had. <laughs> uh, but everyone was like, you know, you know, it's clearly going to be some kind of uh, book named really? after Tasha. <laughs> Okay. Well, oh, thanks for that bombshell. It's a book, you say. Okay, good sir. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. And then, of course, on the 24th, the book was announced. Yes. And it was, as expected, yes. Yes. a book. Interesting. <laughs> We're expecting that, weren't It was called Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yes. And I'm pleased to say that I reported it on ENR before anyone else did. And, uh, yeah, so it was Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yes, sir. A magical mixture of rules, options for the world's greatest role-playing game. Uh-huh. 192 pages, November the 17th. Okay. And it includes uh, subclasses, spells, character options, group patrons, more rules, psionics, which is oh, interesting. And it. Uh, what they're calling the lineage system. Ah, which yes, is about customising your character's heritage. Yeah, yes. Uh, that has been the source of much, much internet fury. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not an awful lot of detail on what that is, other than it's straightforward rules for modifying a character's racial traits. That's what the project yeah. says. So I imagine if you're like a DM like me who finds dark vision. And characters without dark vision being mixed in the same party to be a bit of a faff. Or if you're a lazy hack GM <laughs> like me and you're like, you know what? I quite like using cheap stuff like darkness to create a sense of fear of the unknown. Then hmm. saying, okay, well, we'll take out dark vision and you can have like a resistance to something. How about that? Yeah, um, I guess it's going to be something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's more focused on the whole um, sort of um, biological determinism yeah. stuff that's been talked about a lot with orcs and drow mm-hmm. and alignment and the other conversations that have been happening recently and basically it opens up a whole new world of character creation potentially so you could have a dwarf warlock who isn't always going to be just strictly worse exactly. what i do find interesting yeah. so this whole conversation this whole sort of we're not going to use the term race anymore conversations hmm. or that only really blew up about what two months ago, mm. Mm. but a D and D book from Wizards has about an eighteenth month development time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly not in response to that blowing up recently. They oh, yeah. they they must they must have started doing that months and months and months ago. Well, so like June twenty nineteen, I guess. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Uh, I mean, eighteen months. It's uh, like yeah. It, 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 I mean. Say what you like about Wizards of the Coast, but they do make really nice books, and mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of effort goes into them. Yeah, and, Hudson, um, and Hudson, sometimes... says, Hudson says they taste good too. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, That's an expensive <laughs> snack. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. an expensive snack. I will say that it is less expensive than my sofa, so. Valid. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> make a sofa out of D&D books yeah, and yeah. kill two birds with one <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so it's coming out November 17th. There's an alternate cover, which I really like. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I'm, I'm a really big fan of that alternative cover. Oh, who are the artists? Do we know? Uh, I don't know who did the alternative cover. The yep. standard cover is by uh, Magali Villeneuve, whose name oh, I have probably okay. horribly mangled there. I, I mean, I I found the, the artist of the alternate cover last night, and I am blinking on it right now because it is currently 8 in the morning over here. And uh, mm. my brain is yeah, still turning on. That. Oh, no worries. Uh, <laughs> oh, dope. those are nice covers, actually, both mm. of them. Mm-hmm. Like the standard one of like Tasha in full black and pointy hat. Going, pointy hat. Oh, he, he, pointy he got, hats are got, back. Look, Granny Wetherax from Terry Pratchett made pointy hats cool again. It's, it's just out there. Just, just embrace it. And <laughs> is there... And, you know, you can keep things in a pointy hat. It, it, it says... You know, do do not display displease the wearer of this hat unless you have a yearning, a burning desire to taste what uh, uh, flies like. Do you do you think uh, I should get one? I don't think you'd be able to carry it with quite the same authority. <laughs> no, no <offense. laughs> I think I'd look saying. great in a pointy hat. Well, you do, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Being mean, Russ. That's naughty. So, uh, yeah, and and she's there. Uh, reading out of this book with the pages automatically flicking and um i guess it's like it's a spell book come kindle because it's got sort of the pages are lit and turning themselves and that's pretty cool and the alternate cover yeah, but when you say like, lit they appear to be actually on fire as opposed to glowing yeah. with a backlit um led screen well, well, i think it's what, what, what fairy fire it's a magical kindle yeah, because yeah, it's, uh, it's entirely possible i mean it's because it's like definitely like fire shaped yeah. but there's definitely some yes. sparkles in there uh, if you like zoom in, and, and you can see on that hand at the do back. You know, do you know what I think? To be honest, you see all those candles. That's... I think she just accidentally <laughs> set up a fire. I, 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 I think anything being set on fire, <laughs> think things things will often be set on fire. Accidentally is very rare in all those cases. Well, so. She's clearly casting a spell. She's currently about to cast a water spell to put the fire out. <laughs> That's what's happening there. Uh, I, 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 I'm less convinced. She's like, oh no, but... I've set my Fire. No, uh, I don't know if you've uh, ever uh, that's it, that's... had that happen to your wizard in a game. Um, <laughs> it, it's rough stuff. Uh, <laughs> Are there magic tattoos? Are there magic tattoos? <laughs> yes, well, I'm seeing claims of magic tattoos. I am. I'm now super stoked for this. Yes, book. there's magic tattoos and yeah. new spells in this book. Um, mm. So yeah, a lot of the unearthed arcana stuff that we've been seeing pumped out. Yeah, uh, is going to be in this book uh, or at least there's a lot of Unearthed Arcana stuff in this book actually yeah mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's a big big compilation of Unearthed Arcana stuff mm-hmm. and the psionic stuff is okay. going to be interesting apparently they're going the subclass route with psionics I think right right, right. that's um, something I mean interesting yeah. we, because they've tried out different things haven't they uh, we've oh, been yeah. saying that they've needed to do feats and subclasses to represent psionics for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, just mm-hmm. I mean, the history of psionics in D and D being an entirely different mm. system has proven to be an abysmal failure mm. every single time. I think the mm. only time mm. that the psionics was good uh, was in fourth edition, mm. where everything was basically balanced on the same system, doing the exact same thing, mm. and no one likes fourth edition, so. Um, well, I don't think that's oh, it's not entirely true. Thought. I, I actually yeah. enjoyed a lot of things about fourth edition. I enjoyed my time in it. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> we digress. Uh, Tasha's culture and everything coming out in November seventeenth. I think. Yes, it is. that is correct. Yes. 
Okay. Well, that, I, I think and is that the big news then? That's the big news. Yeah. yeah. That's the big news. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In uh, which one, case, one last bit of news is War of the Burning oh, Sky yes. Number Nine Festival of Dreams for seventeen playable characters for D and D first edition. The ninth oh. adventure in the War of the Burning Sky adventure path for five E is now out. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Hmm. So if people oh, yeah. have been following that along. Number nine, head on over to uh, Drive Through RPG and pick it up. That, that does sound exciting. I mean, wow, seventeenth level, nice. yeah, heady heights, yeah, heady heights yeah. indeed. Yeah, there's some proper proper yeah. upper tier support going on there. Yeah, well, and if you're playing the whole thing starting from level one to seventeen, is quite an achievement. I think so, it starts yeah. at level three, actually, not level one, but yeah. I think I think we finished the news. That's all the news. The news. There is well, no I don't news. Know. Did you have any news that you wanted to talk about, Justin, or has it just been like glued to the Kickstarter thing? Any projects that you've heard of that are coming? Uh, let's see here. So there's, uh, I'm, so Two C Gaming just finished uh, their Kickstarter for Dragonflight, uh, if I recall correctly. Ooh, yes. Um, yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. And Excellent. speaking of, you know, we were yeah. talking about like seventeenth level earlier. And stuff. It's so mm, rare yeah. to see things from uh, you yeah. know higher level campaigns. And Two C's just mm-hmm. done a fantastic job of like fleshing out those high level encounters that uh, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Wizards hasn't made available in the past. Um, uh, I know uh, my buddy Sterling Vermin. Uh, he's just released mm-hmm. uh, the complete Arcana, uh, complete, complete Arcanist. Mm-hmm. Um, on DM's Guild, nice. and if you haven't seen anything by Sterling Vermin, he is a fantastic designer. And then there's about to be a Kickstarter for a pretty cool game called The Red Opera, which is this yeah, pretty yeah. They're sweet... Yeah, one next week, actually. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the uh, Warlock-themed campaign, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's like this heavy metal... Um, you know, yeah, it's based on a it's based on a concept album or something. Yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty cool. on the arc from one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, we'll be delving into that a lot next week because oh, yeah. that, that looks interesting. That does look interesting. Yeah, and they've yeah. like they've got some pretty interesting people that they've been working with too. Like, um, uh, uh, I, I can never say the name right. It's like De De Morte. It's like in the heavy metal hall of fame. Uh, and the mm. Budapest okay. scoring symphonic o- opera and stuff like that, and uh, nice. yeah, it's it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with with everything they've got going on. Oh, I know what I did need to mention the yes. competition we had last week. Oh yes, yes. Was it last the, week? The, the, or was oh, it the week before? It was. It, it, it was the week before. It was the week before. Uh, uh, has Justin has a keen <laughs> listener to show you all yes the deadline the deadline was last week yes so we had the conversation yes, the two weeks ago the deadline was <laughs> yeah. last week that's, that's correct uh, yeah so yeah. the deadline was last weekend uh, this week I compiled all the responses all the answers for, for the chance to win the explorer's guide to everyone yeah and I sent them to yeah. Keith Baker yes and yes. he is going to look through them and he's going to pick our three winners and we oh, should be able to gosh. announce those three winners next week and then, of course, oh, he's coming back on the week after. Oh, and nice, nice. Uh, uh, the limerick question, which was a third of the three questions, he's going to read out some of his favourite limericks from, oh, that, from that competition. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to some of that. that some of them amazing. are quite funny. Hmm? Some of them are pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, that's a treat for me. That's a treat in store for me, then. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right. So, and we really have well, finished the news. Are you sure? I am sure. I am sure well, we've finished the news.
It's time to play our favorite game. It's time to play the game. Our favorite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Shall we play our favorite game in all the world? Fantastic. Uh, Justin's going to uh, get the GM screen out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll probably talk about Guest Kickstarter mm. from just the name of that. Yes, our favourite game in all the world. All. The game where I read out the name of the Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Okay then, Peter. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to like the title of this. I don't know if you're going to necessarily guess what it is, but you're going to like the title. Okay. Are you ready? Hip. This one is called The Grim and Deliberate Beast. I do like that it's title. It's a good title, isn't it? That is a good title. Don't worry, it me. It's a good <laughs> title. I'm loving that. I, I'm to- if I see that pop up, I'm like, I'm like, oh, the Grim and Deliberate Beast. What's that then? So, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty amazing. Now, can I, am I going to be disappointed? That is the question. <laughs> Okay, so no, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm going to be absolutely fantastically delighted. The Grim and Deliberate Beast. Ooh. That has sort of almost a, I want to say a Victorian feel to it. Mm. Like nearly a sort of a, a gothic, sort of a gothic horror sort of vibe going on with it. Um, yeah, ooh, Grim and uh, it's like it's almost got, overtones of Jack the Ripper but not quite but it's like I, I have visions of bleak moorland possibly with roiling fog coming in and like yeah you're um, some hapless circle <laughs> out in the depths of darkest Norfolk going it's all pretty flat and there's not much here uh, I, I would apologize to our listeners from Norfolk but either you're living there or you recognize the description <laughs> um, and um, like, yeah, there is, there is something nasty lurking out there. Oh, some sort of like terrifying predator, which is, um, hunting down or harassing a village. Um, so that's very much what Grim and Deliberate Beast says to me. How are we implementing it? Um, I guess some sort of Victorian horror style module, possibly for fifth edition. Hmm. How am I doing? Not very well. Uh, <laughs> but you got to say, you play what I'm talking about. I would play about, what yes. you were talking about, yeah. You, you, you'd, be, you'd be there, you'd be like, yeah. I would, I would, I would. And I, I agree you with you, that does, that does sound like some kind of sort of Victorian yeah. monster stalking Victorian London. It sounds like the sort of thing that Sherlock Holmes might be uh, hunting down. Or It's like Sherlock Holmes and the Grim and Deliberate yeah, Beast. Yeah. It's like, is that not already a story? I don't know. <laughs> uh, however, it is not that. <laughs> it's not that. What it is, is... A yes. deadly yes. new system of yes. narrative AI for the 40 most played D&D monsters. Huh. <laughs> I see a, look, a blank look on your face there. I'm, I'm contemplating. Uh, like, you know, so what system? Sort of card-based system where you've got the 40 most common monsters and it says if X do Y sort so of thing? It's a D100 rollable combat narratives. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like trying to trying to grasp this as I read it as well. So bear, yeah. bear with me. Bear with me. Uh, help us yeah. out, Justin. We're not smart. Uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it looks like, um, you know, I don't know if you've have seen like where D100 tables are used to generate like a city or um, an environment very quickly. Yeah. It looks mm-hmm. like... Yeah, yeah. Pro- procedural generation. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like that's what they're kind of doing with these combat narratives so that instead of being like, you know, I roll an attack um, or, you know, just kind of like generic, you know, mm-hmm. descriptions, this allows you mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, quickly um, get some varied oh. descriptions into what's happening, maybe some uh, right. interesting twists that might happen in the middle of a campaign. Like, for example, when I play, when I run goblins, I often intentionally throw too many goblins at uh, players. And then mm-hmm. uh, no. I roll some percentile dice to see, you know, if the if the goblins do what they're supposed to do, fight the party, or if they do something, you know, very goblin-esque, like oh. uh, pick up a bomb and do accidentally to fight him uh, fighting amongst themselves, yeah. blowing themselves up, uh, things like mm, that. Yes. Um, and just, you know, goblin chaos. Uh, I think... Yeah that these tables just from this brief glance at the kickstarter uh description is partly that and then i'm also seeing like they're throwing in some combat insults so that you can you know either if you're using vicious mockery you have some things to sling or maybe if you're just trying to make the villain particularly um divisive yeah obnoxious you know if you really want to grind the party's gears you know you've got some quick uh, reference insults to Mm. you know (laughs) piss off the party and rile them up yeah Yeah, exactly Uh, um and then i'm seeing also some some mentions of some new tricks and traps so i'm gonna assume that's again uh, some new ways to uh almost like legendary or lair actions yeah but for the more common creatures. I think okay. so. I just in, Again, this is... I'm, we speculate wildly. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> it's okay. You've just looked at <laughs> I read a, a paragraph and a half, so uh, I could be completely wrong. Yeah. So what well, I, it sounds intriguing. So what I kind of uh, thought... When does the Kickstarter end? Hang on. What I kind of thought it was yeah. when I first looked at it was, you know, yes. the monsters know what they're doing? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was something like that. Yes. But it's not quite like that. It's um, So I've been looking at it. So you've got oh. these quantitative and qualitative elements, which you roll a D100 on, and the yeah. quantitative ones is like, how aggressive are they? What's their general intelligence? Yes. What special units are there? Uh, oh. What weapons have they got? And then you've got qualitative oh. features like culture and psychology and special abilities oh. and qualities and grudges. And then you roll, you, and uh, each monster comes on an oversized card just with all these D100 tables on it. Right. And you just roll on the various categories just to generate those different, basically, traits about the, about, about the monster. Oh. Um, excellent for low prep GMs, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, when does the Kickstarter end and how much does it take you back? So, we've got six days to go. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's twenty-five dollars for the set of cards and the PDF that comes with it. Oh no, the PDF cards are twenty-five dollars. Sorry. Oh, okay, right. Uh, the physical cards are thirty-five dollars plus a PDF that oh. comes with it. Oh, I see. So that's an interesting price point. And then mm. there's okay. a there's a tier up above that for forty-five that oh. includes uh, some high variance D20s. Uh, which I, I know Wormwood uh, did some some high variance dice recently, where they like had some extra like ones and twenties and stuff on it, and like kind of moved away from the middle oh. numbers. 
I imagine oh. that's what the you know these dice are like as right. well. Uh, so that you why I was wondering what high variance yeah. meant. So thank you. I don't, I don't so, understand what you'd use those for though. Uh, it, if you want more swing, yeah, more swing, less you know average numbers. So it's either real big and exciting, or it's um, catastrophic failure more frequently. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, fair enough. Choices you can make, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it, it does sound like if you favor a lot of random in your game, mm-hmm. then these people absolutely have you covered. Yeah, yeah. yeah why not? Let me have a look for another Kickstarter. This one's for Justin. Yes. Yeah. Already. Well, it's, it's certainly a thought-provoking one, that so, one. So we've got the Dark Matter starter set. It might be a little unfair to give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What could that be? <laughs> Hellboy, the role-playing game, is a little easy, I think. Yeah. Potentially, potentially. <laughs> okay, let's go with Something this one. Evocative. Okay. To catch a unicorn. To catch a unicorn. That's it. The names are good this week, I will say. Go on, Justin. You got this. Go on. <laughs> All right. So I feel like I'm going to be completely wrong here, but I'm going. I'm, it's safe to assume that this this is in fact a TTRPG product. I know that's what they usually are, but I just want to double check. Right. They're yeah. always yeah. TTRPG products. Um, okay. So gut reaction is this is either a. Foray into the Feywild, or it's an adventure about um, needing to capture a unicorn to save some sort of some important person from uh, some curse or uh, magical disease of some sort. Um, it's my gut reaction. I could also see this being a, a zany one-page RPG, or well, I should say mini RPG since it's on Kickstarter, not one page, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm but the torn. problem is you have to pick one of those. Things. I know. I'm, th- I'm trying to decide which one I, uh, I'm going to go with. Um, it, it can be surprisingly difficult. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you that one of those things is correct and the other isn't. <laughs> oh. oh, nice. Ah. Okay, so I've, I've, I've pitched like three ideas here. But counting isn't resist yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that it, it's going to take me from left, left field. So I'm going to go with the mini... RPG about um, about unicorns. Oh no! Okay. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> oh, oh man, I was expecting the curveball. Uh, which one was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was the fifth edition adventure mm. where you have to find the legendary forest lord unicorn, uh, and it's your only hope of stopping the growing darkness. I should should have gone with the first good reaction. Should have got should should have gone with the obvious. Yeah, but. you see, it's the same as doing exams. It's always when you rub the answer out, you put the wrong one. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Uh, so it looks like nobody scored any points. The art on this is lovely, though. At least the one piece I'm looking at at the moment, which is the unicorn standing on a on some rocks in the middle of a forest, and uh, very 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 nice. Right then, uh, I don't think anyone scored any points. Hey, draw, we, uh, we both got first place, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the way you think. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Ah, Lord Henry! It's good to see you! A fine day for a joust, is it not? Lord Percy, it has been too long. Yes, indeed, the gods are surely 
beaming on today's festivities. Of course, sir. My champion is sure to win. He has the finest armour in all the twelve lands. Nonsense, sir. My champion rides the mightiest steed in the Seven Childs. Tish, tosh, sir. My champion's lance is fashioned from the tallest oak in the sacred forest. That's as may be, sir. But my champion's shield was forged from purest azurite, deep in the dwarven kingdoms of Mount Balorin. It shall help you not, sir, for my champion has been blessed this day by the Lord High Cleric of the Twenty-One Gods. His victory is assured. <laughs> sir, but my champion has the personal blessing of the Grand Matriarch herself, bestowed not three days past. Oh, but, sir, do you forget that my champion vanquished the fire dragon of Coraline in single combat, saving the four realms from a sure destruction? And do you forget, sir, that my champion took on the Witch King of Salamoth himself, freeing the realm from his dread dark yoke? Ah, trifling, sir, when you consider that my champion quested for and drank from the eternal cup of the ancient founders itself, granting him eternal victory in all his endeavours. The cup, sir? <laughs> Why, my champion forged the cup, endowing it with but a portion of his enduring spirit. It shall be for now, sir. For my champion was born of the gods themselves in a holy union of divine might. He is truly indefeatable. A fine heritage, sir, but nothing compared to my champion's primeval ancestry, forged in the fires of creation itself and bound to the very fate of the cosmos. Mighty! Though that lineage be, sir, my champion has been prophesied throughout the ages as he who shall bring victory on the day that the stars align. A mere prophecy, sir? My champion's fate is written across the stars in letters of fire which permeate the very walls of reality. There is no doubt as to his victory. Well, sir! There is but one way to find out. The joust is about to commence. We shall soon know who is the victor. Indeed, sir. There they go, thundering towards each other, lances at the ready. Look how the crowd cheers. I can barely watch, sir, for this clash of titans shall reverberate throughout the ages. They meet. What an encounter. Oh. Your champion appears to be sitting on the floor crying, sir. And your sir is picking his nose. <sighs> I guess it must be very nearly bedtime. Yeah, it does grow late. Very well, sir. Shall I see you again at the next nursery? Let's talk about dark yeah. matter, shall we? Yeah, Excellent. let's talk about dark matter. <laughs> yes, I've, I've, yes, 
you know. Uh, have, have you got? I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got Neil deGrasse Tyson on the other line, and uh, this is going to be an excellent yeah. physics conversation. Oh no! We're hoping for the all-night science. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, dark matter, science fiction for D and D fifth edition. <laughs> so, uh, so Justin. One of the things that makes a dark matter stand out from a lot of, I mean, because there's obviously there's other five uh, E supplements uh, for mm-hmm. sci-fi. Uh, Espergenesis, they they are completely insulated in their design, where um, it's a fifth edition product that doesn't work with any other fifth edition products. Which there's nothing wrong with that. That allows you to completely control the uh, the narrative of the game. Um, Dark Matter is very much D&D in space. So if you want to play a wizard, a fighter, a barbarian, you know, go for it. If you want to grab Kobold Press's latest adventure and convert it into space, you can do that. So it it sits on top of everything rather than replacing anything at all. So it allows you to, you know, if you if you want to go, you know, Mass Effect and lean more heavily into like the sci-fi, you can absolutely do that. If mm. if you want to go, you know, more disc world and explore you know planets on baby turtles we've got stat blocks for that if you want to go you know space wizard we've got options so uh you can play any type of sci-fi or sci-fantasy that you want to and we have we certainly have like lore we've got like in the core book it's about 30 40 first pages of the book um is is lore but Mm. we've also made sure that the rules are not intrinsically tied to it so that it can function if you decide to, you know, bring in your own campaign setting. Because, mm. you know, I've been playing D&D since I was 14, and I've used an official campaign setting once. <laughs> yeah. I usually bring my own stuff, so I, we, when we were yeah, developing very the book, used to me, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we knew that, like, there, there's going to be people that buy the book for the rules, and there's going to be people that buy the book mm. for the lore. We want to accommodate both. It's giving me a little bit of a... Do you remember Dragonstar? Um, this, is, oh, this is going back about 15, 20 years. So this is Fantasy Flight Games for third edition D&D. And it was a campaign setting, which was pretty much D&D in space. Mm-hmm. So, you'd have, oh. so you'd have goblins and you'd have your fighters and wizards flying around on spaceships. Cool. But if you don't remember yeah, it, that's I, a terrible analogy to use. Unfortunately, I didn't hear that one. When I started in 3.5, um, there, was, there was enough books out there that hmm. I didn't feel the need to learn that uh, third-party companies existed. And it wasn't until 5th edition came around where I was so starved for material that I started hmm. looking for other sources. Because... Um, yeah. You know, wizards. I think they've done a very good job with, like, you know, doing shifting to this new model with the pre-generated adventures. But it's not one that appealed to me personally, uh, which is mm-hmm. why I uh, hopped on the third-party publisher bandwagon. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the way this is presented. Also, it's a starter set. Mm-hmm. It's not presented as a supplement yeah. to fifth edition. You don't need the core rules of fifth edition. You just need this starter set to get going. Is that correct? Uh, correct. So we do have, uh, like our first Kickstarter uh, two years ago was for the core book. And you can certainly mm-hmm. get this. And this book is, uh, you're going to need either the SRD or the, you know, the core books of 5e to work with. And when we were at uh, PAXU and at C2E2, there was a lot of people that were really interested in dark matter. They really liked what we mm. were doing, the art, um, the lore, etc. But they either 
didn't mm-hmm. want to have to learn D&D because they'd never played it before, or mm-hmm. uh, they didn't want to have to buy the, the books, and the SRD is... The rules are there, um, but it, you know it's, it's hard. To, it's hard to learn how to play. It. Exactly, it's, it's, you can use SRD mm. as a reference, but it's hard to learn from scratch. Exactly, yeah. and so with that, we realized like, hey, Dark Matter needs a starter set to get people mm-hmm. into the game, uh, and so we started figuring out how we wanted to do that. And we, as we were crafting it, we wanted to make sure that we accommodated to both. Uh, veteran players and new players alike. So the starter mm. set, you know, includes your standard fare of things, you know, the DM screen, a starter adventure, uh, the D, uh, the dark matter base rules, uh, dice, etc. Reference cards for things um, and tokens, maps, blah, blah, blah. The way we've structured the basic rule package, it's a stripped down version of the core book inclu- uh, and we've set it up to where it's going to be easy to learn into or at least we hope so uh, uh will be easy to like onboard new players but is also mm. structured to be a really good quick reference guide for players that have been playing the game for a while but maybe you don't want six copies of dark matter sitting at your table because it takes up a lot of room before covid shut down all of my uh in-person games uh my tables were notorious for like all right here's my 10 books here's my 10 books and things like that so having a stripped down version of the rules where you know i can just quickly flip through this pamphlet and pass Mm. it around instead of you know 300 page book uh seemed like it made a lot of sense to me uh to have as as a resource um Mm. for players yeah so this starter kit you mentioned um some of the stuff that it has with has has inside it mm-hmm. so um it all comes in a, a single box mm-hmm. but you've also got a deluxe box on there i see yeah which uh, which costs a little bit more can you talk a little bit about that one? Oh yes mm-hmm. so the deluxe box we call it the tower vault uh, there's a, a mm-hmm. faction of basically space wizard illuminati uh, if you've ever seen the adjustment bureau uh, that's yes, going to yeah, be a I good analogy been. for what you might expect them to be up to it's going to include a slipcase with a, mm. some fun tower-themed, uh, you know, graphics and stuff on it, and then that slipcase mm-hmm. will hold the original starter kit and the core book. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, we've partnered with Level Up Dice to get some sweet-looking hematite dice that will be included uh, with that uh, as well. And an adventure, I believe. Uh, the adventure comes in the starter kit. Right. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is called Conspiracy in the Stars. Yes. And it is it is a delight in my completely and totally unbiased opinion. <laughs> um, but we, we partnered could, could you could you give us like what, what what could you give us like a little bit about the setting? What's it? So uh Conspiracy in the Stars is set on this uh CD port, uh Port Nomad, where uh, Professor Gogglefogger is ready to release a new uh, invention to the world. Mm. Uh, He's selected a bar in the CD port for some reason. Uh, Gnome logic. Mm. Um, Anyways, naturally, as this is an adventure, uh, things go wrong. And they go wrong in a very uh, uh, noir-type way where uh, there's there's mystery, there's things to investigate. It's not um, your standard... You know, search through a dungeon. You're you're going to bars and uh, back alleys, trying to find what's happening, and mm. then 
as you progress, things start to spiral more and more out of control. Uh, it was written by a fantastic team. Um, if I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Donathan Fry, he led the adventure writing uh, team, but he's done some great stuff for uh, mm. Peterson Games, uh, working on the Cthulhu 5e book. Um, he's done a number of things for Modifius Entertainment. Um, there, uh, Mackenzie at the Armus was on it. She's part of the uh, Santa Una team, uh, the lead designer. There's so many good people on, on this on this book that did such great things, honestly. Mm. And I, I mean, I could go on about all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. So talking about the the, the, the game itself. <laughs> so you say it's it uses the original classes. Mm-hmm. So unlike, say, another sci-fi game where you might take an engineer class or a soldier class or a whatever, let's base <laughs> bio-wizard class or something, mm-hmm. uh, in this yeah. you're, you're literally taking the core D&D classes as you normally would, but have they been tweaked at all in any way, is there, or is it literally as is? So in the book itself, we do introduce one new base class called the Gadgeteer. Um, yeah. which they're, they're your gadget engineer type. They can do all sorts of things like, you know, have drone armies or uh, nanobots, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mess around with AI, etc. But then, yeah, we have the core classes. We introduce a subclass for all of the base uh, classes of D&D. Uh, for fighting styles, we introduce uh, new choices to oh. pick from that are based around uh, firearms. And then mm-hmm. we've introduced actually balanced firearms that work out mathematically to where, you know, if you're using uh, a Gatling gun, Peter, but, uh, you know, Morris wants to rock a battle axe, you can do that, and neither of you are going to be outperforming the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's a, uh, a argument that I see come up online probably once every... I don't know, seven to eight seconds. Mm-hmm. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the whole the whole thing about um, introducing uh, modern mm-hmm. or, in your case, futuristic mm-hmm. firearms into in, into D and D, you get two camps. You get one camp that says they should pretty much perform the same as bows. You know, if you if you get your head cut off with a sword, that's more damaging than if you get hit in the leg with a Gatling gun. For example, so the damage shouldn't necessarily be so much more. Then you get the other people who say, right, a modern firearm should just do ten billion billion damage compared to an arrow, which should only do one d eight. What's your what's your sort of stance on that on that discussion? You know, um, I, I rarely try and take a, a hard stance where I say someone is just flat out wrong. But that second camp mm-hmm. is ultimately D and D is a game. Uh, one hit hit points are absurd. Uh, when, when you have, you know, 60 hit points and you can get hit with a sword, you know, uh, six, you know, uh, 10 times before, times before going down, yeah. like that's, that's not realism. D and D is not the game you play when you're wanting. Yeah. I mean, it definitely depends on the class, but you know, D and D is definitely mm. not a game where you're, you should be trying to lean into hardcore realism. There are other games for that. And because this is a game, and we need to make sure that the game is fun for everyone, uh, guns should feel different from a bow, but they should ultimately be doing about the same amount of damage. Mm. Um, so the way we've accomplished that is all of the guns, uh, you roll two, instead of rolling, you know, one dice for damage, you roll two, but you don't add your ability score modifier to damage. And as simple as that sounds, 
I'm very thankful that our uh, core writing team is a bunch of math nerds because the complicated algorithms that they had written on the board, like my day job, I work in finance. I, I work with numbers plenty. Um, but Mike, that who's like the head of uh, Mansion Press, he's, he's a literal mathematician. Uh, a number of people on the team that worked on the original Dark Matter book, where it's like an engine is now an engineer at Tesla. One of them is a, uh, a fellow in Scotland who uh, is a civil engineer rebuilding castles, you know, things like this. It's like they're, they're real good at math. And mm. they had to like go through and figure out, okay, so how does crit rate affect this? How does removing the ability score affect this? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, so firearms feel very, you know, much more swingy because, you know, your your floor is a lot lower, but, you know, you, you're also, you have a slightly higher uh, potential than, you know, 1d8 plus ability score modifier. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what about magic? Is magic all as, as normal? Uh, yeah. So there's, we've definitely introduced some new sci-fi uh, spells like... Um, uh, hard light uh, gauntlets and things like that but mm-hmm. yeah all of your typical spells are there and then on top of that we've introduced something called mega spells which is part of mm-hmm. our uh, ship combat system where um, basically so balance wise these spells are not allowed to be used on uh, things that aren't, aren't ship sized because mm-hmm. uh, that would be ridiculous um, in terms of again game balance lore wise we've explained this as these spells are too unstable to operate outside of uh, a space because gravity messes with the weave or something. Um, But yeah, Uh, so they're pretty neat because then you can be like, LOL, summon asteroid field and and things like that. And it's really fun to play around with, you know, comically sized spells as well as those sci-fi themes as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds fun. And what about races? Or are you you calling them races? Where Where were you on the whole... Um, so... Dark Matter was written a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. so it, they are races, and we do have a number of them. It, if we introduce a new campaign setting, I'm not saying we would divert from races, but um, I would certainly be uh, interested in doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have uh, all sorts of new pretty cool options. Like We've got the um, Amoeboid, which are basically a giant amoeba that can shapeshift and like look you know person-esque but they're still yeah. you know very much a, a jelly boy uh the nautilid are uh fish people that walk around in these the old timey diving suits basically to survive mm-hmm. in non-water non-aquatic environments you've got the skithari who are technology hating bug people the uh, vect who are uh, your evolved you know, golem robot people. Mm. I know uh, the Ave Ra, who are very, very passionate about the sun, and they want to make sure that everyone knows about it. And they're like Egyptian-based kind of like bird people. I know I'm forgetting some. I should have gone in alphabetical order, uh, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, oh, and the Rothians, who are basically like space yeah. boogeymen. So normally they're part of like this hive mind, and they, you know, they're they're not friendly. Uh, mm-hmm. Go around, okay. you know, kidnapping people turning them into biomass to make more. Uh, but a player character can play a Rothian that's maybe broken out of the hive mind and is now free thinking and having to deal with the fact that everyone is one terrified of them. And two, uh, they've been told what to do for what, however long they've existed. 
And now they've got to branch out on their own and Sounds figure like out version of the Borg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so are these like in addition to the core races mm-hmm. or instead of? Can you uh, still play in addition uh, to? Yeah, so you can still play a dwarf or an elf or a, or a half orc yeah. or whatever. So yeah, you can yeah. definitely still play those, um, all of those, and we introduce a some new subrace options for all of the core racial options. But mm-hmm. you you know you can still if you if you wanted to play a hill or a mountain dwarf you could do that, but you could also yeah. be a space dwarf um, yeah. and things like that. Nice. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What's, what's, the, what's the sort of lore of the setting then? I mean, uh, the, the, the fantasy worlds as we know them out there somewhere is there's definitely in, uh, inspired by a lot of a lot of that, um, but also inspired by you know a number of other like sci-fi influences. So the galaxy is littered with these these giant skulls that are mm. just kind of floating in space with these giant uh, portals in their mouths and that essentially allow people to like teleport around the universe quickly and safely and these these moths have since been turned into kind of like these space stations um not entirely dissimilar from the relay system in in mass effect but definitely with a lot harder sci-fi vibes or sorry uh fantasy vibes and you know so the universe is then uh divided up by these different uh kingdoms or countries however you want to call it you know the the dwarves have got this section of space the um, the Avera um, are over here, um, and it kind of like the the his the core history of the thing that you know. There's a few key events that have been important. The uh, the human empire has been uh, divided by uh, war, so you've got the the Lakshe, uh Empire who uh, you know do mechs. They're very you know Sparta in space with you know now space mechs. Then you've got the hegemony of man who is more of like your generic, you know, human kingdom-esque type thing. Got um, the Elven kingdom, who they're, uh, you know, we've kind of turned some of the the Elves' worst traits up by 11. And, you know, so they're very, you know, they're very uninterested in in what other uh, people have to say. You know, they're... they're, a lot of extra aloofness. Yeah, extra aloofness. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They think that they're the yeah. best thing that the that's happened to the verse, <laughs> and they've also kind of like there's they're no longer um, a multitude of different uh, races of elves. Instead, they're one race that it, when they like kind of like hit puberty and they choose their job, they're then genetically modified to take whatever uh, subrace they are. So if you decided, hey, you know, I'm going to be a politician, you get turned, you know, you get altered one way. If you're like, hey, you know, I feel kind of spy-esque um, and this is going to be, this is determined by like essentially whatever they've pro- proven a proficiency in. So, you know, your scientists get these genetic modifiers, blah, 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 blah. And that's how they become who they are. Hmm. Then there's the Ave Ra, who are these religious uh, uh, missionaries. And these, these two groups have, they had this war called the night war a while back. And what happened was like, there was this, the star that they were fighting over and near the center of the map. uh, Because the, the Ave Ra believe that this is the, the sun above all. Essentially it's like this, this sun is their God. Um, And, uh, they tried to aggressively take that part of space. The elf said, uh, nope, that's a field that we've been wanting to study. 
huge war, lots of people died. Eventually, a group called the um, Sepulchre Knights had to step in and get created, which kind of like uh, acted as sort of a um, peacekeeping force where they uh, try and make sure that everyone's getting along and uh, Mm. enforcing peace with with a big stick. Um, And so that there's the, all of these different moving pieces that are kind of happening uh, within that 30 or 40 pages uh, that you can kind of dive into and learn more and more about. I did want to sort of delve into the what there is in terms of support for the line and stuff that you might have coming down the line, <clears throat> you know, adventures primarily and uh, things like that. Yeah, so um, as part of, I mean, we've already hit a number of stretch goals on our Kickstarter campaign for some extra adventures that'll be coming out uh, later yeah. throughout the year. So the first one that will be coming out is Grax's Club, which is going to be like this line of comedic one-shots, essentially. Uh, One-shot, not necessarily, mini-adventures. Mini so some mm-hmm. of these might be able to be done in one-shot. Maybe some, some of these might take two or three uh, sessions. They're loosely connected, so you could just play one of them, or you could play all four of them. And they're each being writ- uh, written by a guest writer. Uh, and they're... I'm not allowed to talk about some of their ideas yet, but they're very good. Uh, that's that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the next thing that's going to be coming out is a 100 to Oni, which uh, we already have uh, a little bit of mech rules in Dark Matter, but we want to use this adventure as an opportunity to expand those on top of giving people Gundam Wing plus Apocalypse Now as an adventure. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this uh, this Kickstarter uh, is available now. It's mm-hmm. uh, got nine days to go uh, as of the time of recording. Uh, this will probably go out tomorrow, maybe Sunday, because I believe our sound engineer is in prime hurricane territory at the moment. So um, yes. there are reports that has been is in a hotel at the moment. It's set up, so is 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 really willing to work. But we'll see yeah, how that so, goes. But yeah, so we'll go out yeah, tomorrow yeah. or the next day. Uh, so there'll be about yes. about a week left to go. Yeah. It looks it looks fantastic. I mean, you funded so quickly, you've mm-hmm. blown through mm. so many stretch goals, and you're clearly going to mm. do really, really, really well with this. Thank you. And, I'm, uh, and, wait, wait. and also, I'm going to back it as well because I want that starter kit. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you show up box sets for us. I do. I do have this. I, must, I do have this problem. I, like every time someone comes on, I, I can't back them all because it's just too expensive. But I think I do kind of have to back this one. I like. I like the look of this one. Well, I am uh, grateful to hear that. And in fact, I can, I'm going to back it right now, live on air, so people know <laughs> that. And not the PDF because I never, I never, I never back things with PDF versions. I think. Done. There we go. I backed okay. your Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, right. thank you. Got, that means right. a lot. Little, I got a little fireworks all over my screen now. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet. So, so, Justin, when do you think it will be available? Uh, so, the the digital files uh, for the core book and the starter set uh, will be sent out very early uh, September. You know, maybe maybe a week or two after the campaign ends uh, tops. The physical right. products, um, in le- right. you know, barring any surprise delays from our printer, That's they good. should be ready and available uh, and be mailed out in February. Oh, mm-hmm. 
That's All right. good. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, so uh, you won't have to wait too long. Okay. <laughs> the good thing is, by February, I'll probably have forgotten that I backed it as well, so it'll be a little surprise, a little late Christmas <laughs> yes. present to myself from past me. <laughs> yeah. I'll just be I'll just uh, be at home one day, and the door the doorbell will ring, and I'll open the door, and uh, there'll be a nice box there waiting for me, filled with D and D in space. Yeah, in space. <laughs> yes. Uh, so thank you everybody for listening it's been a blast as always next week we will have Rick Hines on to talk about his Red Opera Adventure Path for D&D Fit Edition but until then it's goodbye from me Russ uh, it's goodbye from me Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers and it's goodbye from me Justin from Machine Press apparently I now have to read this to you This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Absolutely delighted to be here, despite the um, extremely wet windy and unpleasant weather outside literally 45 minutes before this podcast started i was walking hudson i was about a mile from home and that downpour started i i i I mean i don't i'd like to paint a picture of words and if you imagine like an absolutely giant water jug was being poured not not a watering can a water jug is being poured down onto england that was pretty much what was happening in southampton and that's what russ was running through hello your editor daryl here I would like to remind listeners that, as Peter said, I'm currently editing this episode on my laptop in a hotel room using the complimentary Wi-Fi because I had to evacuate from a Category 4 hurricane and they started off the show complaining about a bit of rain. I'm not sure what the audio equivalent of that staring at the camera like in the office thing is, but I'm doing that right now.